This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Live and local in the morning from 6 to 9, covering all of your favorite teams with analysis and opinions to carry you through the morning on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. We want to hear from you. Tweet slash X us at the Blitz 1170 or the text line is always open at 918-262-5072. Now it's time for the Morning Blitz. Here's Rick Corey. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome in. It is 6 a.m. And if I can suppress this cough, we'll get ourselves on the way to what we hope will be a good Tuesday. Going to be a good Tuesday outside. 64 degrees. I'm watching Alan Crone and his nice OSU color. Yeah, actually, that's more of a burnt orange. What is he doing in that, actually? That's a burnt orange Texas diet. Come on, Alan. we got to send him a note. Mm. That's got to stop. Anyway, he's, uh, he's, I guess you have to be, you know, somewhat even-handed. No, you don't. How old that? Anyway, Alan's a great dude. He's saying 64 degrees today, which is not bad. It's about 34, 35 out there right now. Uh, it was actually, it was warmer. I've been up since 2.15, and it was a little warmer, and it kind of started to drop just a little bit, which it generally does, but it's going to get to be nice again today. We're going to get near 70 a little bit later in the week. Well, welcome into a Tuesday, and you would think, hey, you know what? You know, there's a couple of college basketball. Not much yesterday, right? Yeah, there was. It was Super Bowl media day. Yeah. You talk about a circus. <laughs> Holy cow. And the ringmaster was a tall, bearded tight end named Travis. I saw straight this morning, and I'll get into it a little later on. It's going to be one of the things we'll talk about. Super Bowl media days are infamous as much as they are famous for the old Barbara Walters. If you were a twee, what kind of twee would you be? Questions. Mm. Or the idiocy of some reporters, because believe me, they're there's many out there, including this one. Many opportunities, right? Oh, yeah, including <laughs> me. I've, I've been right there uh, and still am. <clears throat> but then there are also a lot of legitimate sources. I mean, you're hearing that Two Pros and a Cup of Joe are out there before us. Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen, they're all out there. Never done it, never covered a Super Bowl, covered a World Series and know what that's like, but never covered a Super Bowl. Would love to sometime. As a matter of fact, at one point last year, uh, Jeremy and I had talked about the possibility of trying to get one of our shows out there and just weren't able to work it out. But it'd be great to do one day. I, and literally, at some point, I'd love for you to be able to do it, Bryce. Yeah. He's Bryce. I'm Rick. He's Bryce Hall. So I'm Rick Corey. To be thrown into that melee when you're young mm-hmm. is a great learning experience. I covered the World Series in 85. I was three years into my career. But I was only a year and a half into my sports career and had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I literally didn't. I yeah. came from an overnight board operator to a, a, an afternoon producer position uh, and then an afternoon producer slash sports caster, which was just doing a couple of, you know, 90-second sports updates, to one day walked in the station and all three other sports guys had quit. Gosh. And my boss met me at the elevator because he knew exactly one thing about me. I'm consistent. And 42 years of radio, blah, 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 38 years in one place, 36 years with Tulsa, 21 years with the union. If I do something, I generally do it a long time unless they make me leave. <laughs> and I'm also very consistent. So I walked in at the exact same time every day. And he met me at the elevator, and I walked off the elevator, and he said, <clears throat> you're hosting the sports talk show. You're hosting Sportsline tonight. That's what it was called. And I went, I, excuse me? <laughs> you're hosting Sportsline tonight. Oh, by the way, you're the only person in the sports department. So it's all on you. And, that, and that's how I started. <clears throat> and then that year, we hired one other guy to come in and be the play-by-play voice of Tulsa, Dan Rowe. 
And so Dan and I were sharing duties, but then that was only about, I don't know, maybe yeah, it's probably three, four months after that. So I did that by myself for a while. And then when they hired Dan, we got together and I didn't know him at all. And he just said, we're going to send you to the World Series in 85. And I went, all right. And that was probably one of the better experiences because you get just thrown into this mess, don't have really that much idea what you're supposed to do. But that's how you learn, right? Yeah. And it was it was a great time. It wasn't certainly anything like what I just saw yesterday at Super Bowl Media Day. Oh, and that would be so much fun to go do. And I saw a story this morning from someone who has covered a lot of them who talked about the differences in the Super Bowl Media Days. And of course it's grown. We all know that the, you know, the attention to the game has grown, the attention that from media across the world. There was right. a time when that didn't happen. You know, local newspapers went, local television stations went. Um, you know, when Joe Namath made his famous Fountain Blue Hotel sitting at the pool in the Chase Lounge or Chase Lounge, however the hell you say that, guarantee of beating the Colts, there were, you know, five or six reporters <laughs> total there, and they were yeah. all from Miami. Mm -hmm. They weren't from anywhere else. I mean, that you know, there were, quote, unquote, there was a network, but they were just there to broadcast the game. They didn't do that kind of thing. And now every human with a pen or a microphone is there. Did you see the crowd around Travis Kelsey? Oh, yeah. I, I, I even saw the Blue Man group. Like, that's, <laughs> that, that's what Super Bowl Media Day is now. I mean, well, in just, Vegas. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> Which true. made it even better. <laughs> and, and look, I'm not complaining. I just think, I think it's a really interesting study in how things are going. And I yeah. don't know if they'll ever trend the other way. But it would have been so much fun to be there. But this writer who has covered it said, I've never seen anything like this. Mm -hmm. Not not deflate gate, not, yeah. you know, not the first time Mahomes made it. Nothing like this. And especially, of course, because it was Travis Kelsey in the questions. Yeah. And, you know, when the Ministry of Japan issues a statement saying Taylor Swift is going to be able to make it to the <laughs> Super Bowl. Did you see that? No. Yes. I first saw it on Twitter over the weekend, and I thought, that's not real. Right. So I went and looked it up, and, and I followed it a couple of different places, and by golly, it's real. It was the, and I can't remember which administrative official in Japan, but it was a government official, a high-ranking government official as a, a minister of something or whatever in Japan issued a statement saying, yes, she will be able to make it back. We want to make sure everybody knows. Now, I, I'm not quite sure why they felt the need to do it because they don't have anything to do with world travel, jets, the day the Super Bowl was played, you know, the space-time continuum, <laughs> any of those things. <laughs> so why they felt it necessary to post an official letter from the government saying, all good, but they did. The, the Embassy of Japan. There it is, in the, the United, Embassy. In the, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Just a full-on letter saying, "Yep, she can make it." They are aware of recent media reports concerning the steps. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Taylor Swift will need to take to travel from Tokyo after her concert on February 10th to Las Vegas in time to watch Kansas City Chiefs play in the Super Bowl. And it goes into despite the 12-hour flight and everything, just mm -hmm. a, yeah, full a full explainer. Page. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, from yeah from from Japan, from the embassy in Japan. Oh, which that's so good, you know. And the cool thing there now, I have a friend whose daughter. And her family, her husband and her family, live in Tokyo. And he has told us a hundred times if he had the money, he would retire there. And if you're a born and bred red, white, and blue American, I understand why you might kind of bristle at that. Yeah. But if you were to ever hear him describe what it's like, you might want to go to. Hmm. Almost zero crime. 
literally no gun violence. And I, you know, yeah. I don't know what their gun rules are, and I'm not going to even get into the political part of that because mm-hmm. it's not my business. But I just know there isn't much, if any. Um, he said the people are so polite, it's almost at times irritating. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that sounds like an American, doesn't it? Be, <laughs> be irritated about yeah. something. Well, Come on. it sounds like us, right? Addicted to rage. Yeah. You know, addicted. That's what we heard yesterday from, from Garen, which was great. Um, and he said, if you ever went there, you'd never want to leave. He said, unless you just don't like that food. <laughs> he said, but then you can buy a Big Mac over there. It's just going to cost you half a house. <laughs> um, and, and I think he said cost of living wasn't awful. It depended, though, because Tokyo is a huge city. Yeah. But he said it's clean, ridiculous. Ridiculously clean. All the public transportation, which is mostly what's used, is fantastic and fast and easy. And he just could not say enough about it. Uh, so <clears throat> that's why I suppose they're just being, you know, kind. <laughs> sent <laughs> sent out the request, you know, or the you know, the note, which I thought was funny. So there's so much to this, but I, I thought it was funny, and we'll see if we can find some. We can, I know we have some stuff from it. And there's news from out there too. The 49ers are un- unhappy with their practice facility. The Chiefs got the Raiders facility, and the Niners got UNLV's. Now, UNLV's facility used to be an absolute dump. I've been there twice for games, and it was just uh, But they, you know, the Silver Bowl has been much, much, much upgraded. The whole facility has been much upgraded. But the turf out there was apparently too soft. And Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan didn't make it an issue. He just said, hey, look, it'll get better. It's not a big deal. They kind of blew it off a little bit, if you will. But at the same time saying, you know, this is this is not what we want. Uh, and they're just dealing with that as they go. So there's a little bit of that out there. But we'll hear from some of that today. And then we had, <clears throat> when it comes to what we're doing today, we're talking today a little high school basketball. Jinx coach Dan McChesney will be with us. And if that name sounds familiar, he was at Hale last year when they had that just fantastic season. And he, uh, every time we, we had him on a couple of times last year and every time he would refer, cause I'm a Hale alumni really, as I've always told you before, I'm not really, I'm not exaggerating that much. I was, I didn't so much graduate as I was asked to leave, but uh, I am still, you know, I played there. I'm a Ranger, if you will. And McChesney would, uh, would say something every time, I, you know, he was on with us. So I've got to give him a little hell for leaving the alma mater to go to Jinx. Yeah. But, but, uh, he, yeah, he's, he, he will, yeah, give him a little hell. <laughs> That was one of the cheers, our, you know, hail yes, Rogers, no, that kind of thing. Yeah. To do that. So we'll talk to Dan about what's happening at Jinx and their basketball team. And then at 8, 10 this morning, <clears throat> really proud of this guy, Scott Hennessy, Drillers manager. Now, the Drillers are having an event with him today at 11. And because of my situation at home, I have to get home and I can't be there. So I, I texted Scott. Uh, and actually, I told you yesterday, right, that I was going to do that. Well, then... The day starts to happen, and it was a very difficult day at home with Lindsay yesterday. Some were good, some were harder, uh, and it was a difficult day yesterday, and it just wasn't where my mind was. I was dealing with that all day long, and then uh, got a little calmer in the evening, and, and it was about, I don't know, it was probably about 7.20. I thought, oh, crap, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> so I shot Scott a quick text. Hey, buddy, I know you got your media event. Do you mind doing a little preview with us? And sometimes they won't. Sometimes there may be something they're announcing and they can't until that time and it's embargoed or whatever, and I understand. But I'm just going to check. So I shot him a text, and I am not exaggerating. 15, 16 seconds later, he called. And I answered the phone, and at, at that time, it just happened to be we were putting go ahead and getting Lindsay into bed. So it had gotten quieter downstairs, and so <clears throat> everything was quiet, and I, I flipped it on speaker, and I said, hey, buddy. And he goes, hey, I'm sorry I'm driving, but I saw it was you, so I wanted to call right away. 
which I thought was sweet. It was really yeah. nice. And I just asked him, he goes, absolutely, just give me a time. So we'll talk to Scott today. And the other reason I'm so proud of this dude is, A, he's the mayor of Drillville. Everybody loves mm-hmm. him. He likes mm-hmm. being here. He loves being here, actually. And, you know, to find somebody who in this franchise, the Drillers franchise, which has become so ingrained in Tulsa, you know, the Oilers were here for so long, and they were very meaningful to the city, and then A. Ray Smith moved them. And it was, you know, the people who were old fans who saw Steve Carlton play here and people like that, which if you don't know who that is, you definitely got to Google him, <laughs> right? I mean, one of the best left-handers ever in baseball. I, 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 I'm just a tremendous Philadelphia Philly, among other things. And, <clears throat> and it kind of broke the city's heart on the long time ago now. And I realize it's a long time ago. And then, you know, then baseball was kind of iffy in Tulsa for a while. And then, you know, Sutton built the stadium, and then there was the – this is something you may have to Google too. I mean, Bob Sutton gave a lot of money to build the old stadium over there at 15th in Yale. Mm-hmm. And they built this thing, and then we there was this uh, big controversy about Sutton and his money. And it went from Sutton Stadium to Tulsa County Stadium because there were some <clears throat> shenanigans. And that was kind of a black eye, and then the, and then the Drillers franchise actually caught on – and got some decent ownership, and then when Hubbard came in. And when, when Hubbard came in, everything changed. Everything got much better. They brought in Joe Presserin. Things really improved. They brought in Chuck Lamson. Things really improved. And then that franchise eventually moved down here, where it has just become an absolute cornerstone of the city. Be okay over there. The, you know, the One Oak over here. And you can walk between the two. And then Griffin's, you know, we're, what, two blocks away, block mm-hmm. and a half? You know, Franklin Park and then us and the Guthrie Green. But you would walk from those two, go across the bridge, go across the center of the universe. <laughs> and there were places all along there that you could stop and have a dinner or a drink or a snack or whatever that, you know, 15 years ago, you couldn't walk through there. Or you could, but you'd be looking like you'd, your head be on a swivel. Yeah. And just look what's happened because of it. They've become such a cornerstone. God bless them, man. I mean, and they still, to this day, now they're being sold, but to what we're told is a fantastic ownership group. Well, Scott, in the last multiple years, has been such a huge part of that. Then he had the cancer problem, and he had that that treatment, and I, he came out strong about, I'm just going to whip its rear. And I know we talked to him a couple of times, and I know one time he was just, oh. I mean, even if it's a, if you have a good diagnosis, and he did as far as getting over it, you still have to go through the process, the radiation and the insulin. And I know at one point, because it was in his, you know, in this right around his throat, and he said every time he swallowed, it was like razor blades. Hey, you got to swallow a lot during the day. And he fought that and fought that. And last night I asked him how he felt, and, I mean, there was just a pop in his voice. He said, I feel great. <laughs> so I'm so happy for him and proud of that guy. Really, really pleased. I didn't realize, you know, when Scott File was still in here and Scott being at TVN and radio, Scott was over there quite a bit. And so the two of them had gotten to be friends. And he's Scott Hennessy's a listener, man. He listens yeah. to us. He listens in the afternoon, and he'll just text. I mean, we'll be, I'll be sitting there, and I'll just get a text from the skipper, you know, about about something, which is kind of cool since he has the Dodger in you know in him. And uh, I got to ask about today about you know Showy, and so mm-hmm. I'm just really happy that Scott. Hey, I'm happy he's well. That's okay. really important. I uh, even got a couple of texts from his wife last time we had him on because a big part of him getting better was kind of finding something else. You know, I mean, he loves baseball, and baseball is part of it. But he would go out in the morning, and they've got a nice set of barns and things like that. His wife rides horses and does some competitions. Uh, and he, he would go out, and he'd walk 
the horses and things like that. And she sent me a couple of pictures of him out doing that and some video, which is really sweet and cool. So, I mean, I'm just happy the guy's here, really happy he's back. And today I'm happy to have him on about 810 this morning. So we'll do that. We've got some other great stories. There's a reason, <laughs> you know, uh, this is going to make me laugh. There's a reason Mike Vrabel didn't get hired, according to a new story. <laughs> and it doesn't have to do with his coaching ability. You know, Bill Belichick, it probably was his own problem. Yeah. Vrabel apparently has one that made people – well, anyway, we'll get into it. Uh, so we'll have that for you today. Uh, unfortunately, Toby Keith passed away last night at 62. We know about the cancer diagnosis. It was not that long ago. It was 2022 with stomach cancer, mm-hmm. though, which is – I mean, when you hear esophagus, stomach, things like that, it is – oh, man. And we saw the News 9, I think, had their last interview with him, and it was just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll 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 tell you a little bit about him and the number of number one hits. We've got a couple of song pieces we'll play from that. NFL is going to go overseas again, but somewhere they've never been this time. Oklahoma's losing an assistant football coach. Washington Commanders and hiring Cliff Kingsbury got rid of a guy you'll recognize. And OU softball had their news conference yesterday as they are preparing to open in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Not a bad mm-hmm. place to open next Monday, and they've got a big switch in their infield. Plus, we had a couple of college basketball games tonight, including right here on the Blitz. OSU will be at Houston 5 o'clock tonight pregame. Oklahoma has BYU tonight, and the Thunder will be at Utah. All those things, all, will be talked about right here. Plus, most importantly, we need your interaction at 918-262-5072. That's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line, and we are not the same if you're not on it. 918-262-5072. Your opportunity interaction with us right here in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio on the Blitz 1170. The Blitz text line is always open. 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. As Rick just said, there's college basketball here on the Blitz tonight as the Oklahoma State Cowboys will be on the road to face one of the Big 12 newcomers, the fifth-ranked Houston Cougars. Pre-game on the Blitz here starts at 5 with a 6 o'clock tip-off. The Oklahoma Sooners will be hosting a Big 12 newcomer as well as the 21st-ranked BYU Cougars tip-off at Boyd Noble Center at 7 o'clock. And last night in Big 12 basketball, Kansas State wins the Sunflower Showdown against fourth-ranked KU in overtime, 75-70. Shiloh, Oklahoma native Tyler Perry had 26 points for the Wildcats. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We love the interaction. 918-262-5072. I'm laughing already. Oh, God, I love this job. One of these days, they're going to walk in here and say, okay, you're done. And honest to goodness, after all the time I've done this, I'll be sad. You would think at some point to be like, you know what, all right, fine, I'm ready to go home. But I, no, I, I love this. Get a text from Gretchen that says, "I hear Tokyo smells like fish." <laughs> so it's a no from Gretchen. <laughs> uh, and it's not what I hear, my dear. <laughs> 
the sushi thing, I guess. Uh, I yeah, well, most sushi. If, if sushi smells, that's no, that, bad. That's bad, right? right? I, I love sushi, and I've never had sushi that smelled. Mm. That was, uh, it tastes, but it doesn't smell. I so like I think that's probably not a good idea. Matter of fact, I had sushi for Thanksgiving once. Really? Yeah, it wasn't my choice. Well, yeah, you guys have like done different things, right, for Thanksgiving. Where sometimes, like, when you're on the road and stuff. So. I am a traditionalist. I want the same. I want good old Thanksgiving food. I am. Is Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Yeah, better than Christmas, but it's my favorite yeah. holiday. There is something about that, and it's a long explanation that nobody needs, nobody cares about it to hear. But I love it, and. We were in College Station with Delaney because there are many times we're traveling. Yeah, I mean, I've had Thanksgiving dinner at Brennan's in New Orleans. Right. We were on the road with Tulsa, that kind of thing. We were in College Station with Delaney, and Delaney is a sushi nut, loves sushi. <laughs> my my youngest eats almost no meat, and not because she's a vegetarian or anything like that. She just doesn't prefer it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, she gets her, she like she does like, well, as I say, she likes fish. You know, she'll do that and occasionally some chicken. But And she's not against a having, a, you know, a good Texas roadhouse every now and then, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she's still got some of me in her, thank God, because I'm a carnivore. Uh, but she's a big fan. And uh, we were down there, and it was Thanksgiving, and we were kind of deciding how we are going to handle it. Because not, not a lot of stuff's open, right? right? And, well, most of the Asian restaurants were. And so there's a place down there that, that she really prefers. So we ended up going to this Japanese place and had sushi for thanksgiving one time and you know what it's good yeah it just wasn't my turkey and dressing and all that kind of stuff you know but hey my children are far more important than me and if that's what they want and that's going to make them happy that's what i'm going to do and so we went and did it and you got it you created a memory and had had ourselves a good time so yes gretchen it doesn't according to everybody i know who lives there and it's only two people uh but uh, i don't believe that's the case so i think you'll just be fine all right um i want to i also want to tell you you know when we talked about toby keith it was um, it was sad last night because not only is he a you know, is he fan, uh, just a fantastic singer. As a matter of fact, it took me a while to find this, believe it or not. Thirty two number ones, man. Thirty two number ones, and one of my favorites of all time is uh, this one right here. How can you not like that? Number one, he's singing with Willie Nelson, which is my, you know, another one of my favorites. But you just got to like Toby Keith's sense of humor. He had some fun songs. Of course, he's been around a long time. He wasn't diagnosed until 22. He went through chemo and radiation. And you saw that, as I said, the Channel 9, which is on our website as well, because Griffin owns News on 9, you know, News on 6 and Channel 9 in Oklahoma City. And uh, they had the interview with him, and he just was so frail and, you know, and thin. But he talked about his faith and how he's, he was getting through it and the people who were next to him. His family released a statement saying he was surrounded by family and peaceful when he passed away, which is you know, still not easy. And he's one of that great legacy of Oklahoma country singers, Vince Gill yeah. and Reba McIntyre and, and Garth Brooks. And, you know, you just go on and on and on. You think about the, the, the you know, at one time, and I'm not sure, it's probably not the case anymore, more astronauts had come from Oklahoma than any other state. More astronauts. Yes. Man. Believe it or not. It goes back to, you know, the people. It's It goes back to the 50s. Uh, yeah. But that was the case. 
And then you talk about the history of, of Oklahoma football, and which has been so traditional. And you talk about the country music. Talk about baseball, Johnny Bench and Mickey Mantle and Willie Stargell was from here. You know, guys like that. I mean, there's just so many that you and you can go on and on and on. I mean, I I know I'm missing other Bill Russell from Broken Arrow. I mean, so many others that were from here and the country music. I mean, golly. I mean, uh, I, did I mention Vince Gill? Yeah, him yeah. too. Uh, who's now front manning for the Eagles? For goodness sake, mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's just. Uh, at any rate, uh, it's always tough when you lose somebody who's, who's who's good at what they do. And if you're a big country fan, then I would love to know, 918-262-5072, what was your favorite Toby Keith song? We may just close the show with that one today because yeah. I always thought that one always made me smile no matter what we did. It is 628. Then in the other room is Bryce Hulse. Uh, I am Rick Corey. You a country fan at all? Not really. I, uh, I have friends that were more country fans than I am, and it got to the point eventually where – I started listening to a little bit more country music just because I got, I, I wanted to try something new, you know? Mm-hmm. So I eventually kind of came around to it. Uh, I will say I am not, okay, I grew up in a, a backwoods Oklahoma family, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and was shuttled around between families because, well, I've said this before, and again, nobody cares, but my mother didn't like me. So I didn't spend much time with her when I was young. She just shuttled me around to other places. And... So my a lot of my family, backwoods as they were, there was a lot of, and I'm, look, I'm not disparaging anybody, there was a lot of old-time country, which mm. is kind of what was the thing at that time. And I actually liked that. We, and I'm, I'll say names that you'd never under, you'd never <laughs> know, people like Farron Young and things like that. I heard a lot of that stuff, Eddie Arnold and, and uh, Jim Reeves, and I heard a lot of that stuff growing up. And I kind of still like that. Uh, but then I hate bubblegum country. Uh, I think country became more when his country was trying to cross to rock in my opinion mm. uh, or more mainstream or to pop if you will it became bubblegum i can't yeah. stand the i would band. call it stadium country i <laughs> cannot stand the band alabama they i i want to run in another direct i know so many people who love and nothing against you to me that's bubblegum country yeah and i can't stand it I just can't. I mean, I love Willie Nelson. I loved Waylon, uh, you know, but I can't stand that. Now, I went away from it and didn't listen to a lot of it. And as I get older, I find myself going back to it a lot, uh, especially Willie and Waylon and things like that that I liked mm-hmm. initially to begin with. So um, Toby Keith, though, to me is, I mean, he's fun. He was fun and he was a little, a lot more traditional. Garth mm-hmm. was a lot more traditional. You know, I'm not a Vince Gill fan, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, you know, I know a lot of people love him. But right. So, so I, I'm not... The the guy the world's biggest country music fan, but I do have a great appreciation for for talent, and those dudes are talented. Yeah. In in this story, six thirty one here on the Blitz eleven seventy. Well, let us know your favorite uh, song by Toby Keith at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. All right, when we come back, we were going to give you a little bit of insight about uh, media date the Super Bowl. Holy cow! <laughs> it was fun. Then coming up at seven thirty, Dan McChesney from Jinx talk a little Jinx basketball and eight ten Scott Hennessy, manager of the Tulsa Drillers. That's all on a Tuesday right here on the Blitz eleven seventy. The Blitz eleven seventy. Your new home for Rich Eisen. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. 
The Oklahoma City Thunder will be in Utah tonight to take on the Jazz. Both teams are coming off of comeback victories, the Thunder being down by 23 at one point against the Raptors. Tip-off tonight is at 8 o'clock. Oklahoma State football got a pickup in the portal as former Virginia Tech wide receiver Dwayne Lofton announced on social media that he has committed to the Cowboys. In the past three seasons for the Hokies, Lofton has tallied 410 yards receiving. That's the Winter World Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holst on the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. That is our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Come on. I don't have a single text about Toby Keith songs. I know there are Toby Keith listeners out there. 918-262-5072. What is your favorite Toby Keith song? He is Bryce. I am Rick. And we are in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio as we move on here. As I mentioned, Dan McChesney from Jinx will come up at 730 this morning. We'll talk a little Jinx High School basketball. And it's Scott Hennessy, Drillers Manager at 810 this morning. Media Day yesterday at the Super Bowl. You're hearing most of our national, well, actually all of our national shows, Two Pros and a Cup of Joe are out there. I saw a picture yesterday too, Bryce, by the way, of their setup. And you talk about sweet. Holy cow. For the two pros? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their their overall set and setup out there. A media row, the biggest media rows I've ever been in were covering conventions, political convention. I'm talking about the Republican and Democratic convention. So we're talking about a big, big deal. Yeah. Uh, and so at those places, it is a, they're really interesting how they go through and set those up because the networks themselves, whichever network you're affiliated with at the time, are the ones who do it. Uh, for instance, well, you know, that's not true. The biggest media... The biggest meteor I've ever been a part of was 9/11, mm. and in that one, at the time we were at a, we were with a national network, which I won't mention because it's not the one that is in this building. <laughs> <laughs> how, how soon were you there? <clears throat> it was not immediately. It was it was after, uh, but they had rented an entire building, and I'm not talking about a small building. I mean a high rise right next to Ground Zero. Uh, and this was not not right away. This was at the five year mark. Okay. So you know, right away they weren't allowing people in. You yeah. couldn't get in. There were some media in there, but for the most part, you weren't being allowed in. And there were a lot of good reasons for that. So on the but on the five year mark, I'm not going to call that an anniversary because that certainly wasn't an anniversary. Mm-hmm. But on the five year mark was when they had their first a- actual, if you will, commemoration. Yeah. And the world was there. And the the network, and again, I won't name it, but it uh, their little uh, the way they intro the newscast comes with trumpets. I'll just put it like that. Um, the network rented the entire an entire sky rise, uh, high rise, and we were in a room of our own. And it, everywhere you went, up and down every elevator, there was nothing but it was from around the world. As a matter of fact, in ours, do you know who Fred Thompson is? No. Okay, Google him. Uh, most people will know him as Fred Thompson, the actor, Hunt for Red October, things like that. Uh, dozens and dozens of movies, almost always played a military type of some kind. Uh, then he was Senator Fred Thompson from Tennessee hmm. uh, for quite a while. And we were in there broadcasting one day, and I hear something rattling around behind us because we were sitting directly at a window looking out at Ground Zero. And I hear this rattling behind us, and I turn around, and Fred Thompson, he was about 6'4", was standing in the door. And I thought, 
that's Fred Thompson. <laughs> so I, I turned around. There were three of us there broadcasting, and I turned around. And, well, there were three of us there broadcasting. There were four of us there total. And I turned around, and I took off my headset, and I went over, and I said, Mr. Thompson, can I help you? I said, Senator Thompson, can I help you? And he said, yeah, I'm looking for, and I can't even remember who he was looking for. And I said, um, uh, yeah, he's down, he's down the hall, but he's not here yet because I, I knew the guy. And he said, okay, do you mind if I wait here? And I said, no. So he just came on with us, <laughs> sat with us, and then every day, the rest of the time we were there, he just came in. Nice. He just sat with us and chatted and talked movies, and we weren't on the air with him every time. He chat movies and that kind of thing. So he, this was the kind of thing where no matter – you don't know who was going to walk by. It's the one I was telling you about a while back where they allowed us to go into the 9-11 temporary memorial they had built and said the families are going to be coming in in a moment, and if you talk to any of them, we will put you in jail. <laughs> you, you, won't, you won't go in front of a judge. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> it was much like Monopoly. You're not going to pass go. You're not going to collect your $200. <laughs> Literally, we will take you to jail if you approach a family member. So there were many of us in there, and the family members began to come in, which, as you can imagine, was quite emotional. Sure. And then they came in and said, you have to leave. President Bush is here. So they ushered us out. The family stayed. And as we went out, President Bush came in. And I, as I mentioned before, I later had a chance to meet him in Dallas where he was, he was <laughs> impressed with a three-point shot by one of our former players at Tulsa. Um, and so that was the biggest thing I've been part of. And it was certainly bigger than what I saw yesterday. But still what I saw yesterday was a melee out there at uh, Super Bowl Media Day. In, in the doing, Travis Kelsey got, as you can imagine, most of the attention, and that's even minus Taylor Swift, uh, but all the talking about that. And, you know, when you get into media day like that, it's some about football, but it's really about kind of – it's way more than that. Most of the questions are football-related. But if you saw Kelsey there yesterday, he looked like he was giving away free cheese. <laughs> there were so many people. Did you actually hear any of what was going on there yesterday, or did you just see pictures? I, I was able to see and hear a little bit. So uh, what did of, you hear? Tell me what you one, heard. One, one of my favorite things was uh, the interview with him and uh, George Kittle. Mm -hmm. And they were together and they were being asked, uh, one of the last questions that they got asked was, who's the best tight end between the two of you? And they both kind of laughed it off at first. And Travis Kelsey said something along the lines of, you know what's nice about the Super Bowl is we just get to talk about who the best teams are, not the best tight ends. <laughs> and, you know, they just kind of laughed and just went on with it. So... He kind of took the the high road there of just um, we can just talk about the teams and, and you know we're both pretty good at what we do. You know, I heard Kelsey and it was the first news conference right after they had won the championship game to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, say that George Kittle was the best in in the world. You know, and, and mm -hmm. if you look at there, if you look at Pro Football Pro Football Focus, which is it costs you to do it, but I have it, and it's. It's ridiculously complicated how it breaks everything down. Yeah, how they grade it. You, yes, but you have to really learn some things to get into it. I mean, it's it's a day long or pro, more than that process just to learn what they're breaking down. Pro football focus, according to everything you break out, Kittle's the best tight end. Mm -hmm. The reason they do that is because his blocking numbers are, are better, quite a bit mm -hmm. better. Uh, and Gronk was even better than those two when it came to overall yeah. catching, blocking, the whole number. But Kittle's blocking numbers were higher. I mean, we played you the audio of Kittle just planting Aiden Hutchinson <laughs> last week in the two of them, and it, Kelsey is not known as a blocker. What was the word again? Yeah, Michigan word. But Aiden Hutchinson, and he's, Kittle had to look it up. Yeah. And, and Kelsey's not known as a blocker. I'm not saying he's bad. Mm. 
but that's not his focus. His focus is going and doing what he does. Kelsey's a large receiver is what he is. It just happens to be the size of a tight end. And, you know, does he block? Yes, he does. He's not as good a blocker as Kittle, and he's not as good a blocker uh, as Gronk was. So if you were going to go overall, but I would say right now, if you were to ask me which one would you take, who would you take? I would take Travis Kelsey um, just because of – I think it's just a part of what the Chiefs have done. It's um, that inevitability that the Chiefs have had on their side, that he just kind of finds a way. I mean, of course, to have Patrick Mahomes be able to put it in the right spot every time, mm-hmm. and obviously we know that Brock Purdy's been very well, but that's the edge that I would give is Travis Kelsey is just – the swagger that comes with being on that Chiefs team. I would take him, um, I think, and the the reason I would take him is because he has, at this point, to me, now Kittle makes big catches, I know it, but I've seen more important big catches from Kelsey, but I think you make a better point, yeah. is I think that's probably because Mahomes and he have this kinship. That if Brock Purdy stays healthy, you know, remember he'd been hurt, obviously. If he's healthy as long as Mahomes, and Mahomes doesn't miss games. that's the. There's a lot of things impressive about Pat, Patrick Mahomes. But the fact that the dude doesn't miss games may be the most impressive. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you saw you, the one play, you know, a couple weeks ago when he got bent over like he did. And, I, you know, he was backwards, literally mm-hmm. had a player underneath him and he was bent over like a backwards bridge. And I thought, oh, he blew something. I, I mean, I, I, when I looked at that, the instant I saw it, I thought, he's hurt. And he popped up out of that and, and continued in the play. And then it was a couple of days later during an interview when they showed him doing that in a workout. And it showed, and I can't remember his trainer's name or whether or not it was the Chiefs trainer, but he was saying that he hates his workouts because it is so intense and it's so varied, and they do things like that. And he said, I hate those workouts, but I will never complain about it again because we actually do that during the workout. Now, you'd ask yourself, why in the world would you ever – bend backwards like that because whoever it is training him and I apologize for not remembering the name knows that in a football game any of those things can happen sure he had actually been working in that position that's lunacy (laughs) it really is I mean we know that you know that if you go out and do yoga or Pilates or whatever they put you in all these positions and that I think is marvelous for all of us when it comes to body movement as a matter of fact, I have heard my daughter does Saturday morning yoga in College Station outside every Saturday in a group and just loves it. Yeah. And my wife went with her one time and couldn't walk for most of the rest of the day. <laughs> it takes some getting used to. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. And I, I told them I would actually like to do that, but I have, you know, I needed to get my knee passed. I'm, we are, what is today? The 6th. Mm-hmm. Uh, two days from now is one year on my knee replacement. And they told me it would be one year till it felt normal, uh, which we're close, right? Yeah. And I said I'd like to do that, but there's some things I can't do, right, because there's some positions I can't put this knee replacement in, although I will say it's marvelous. I would, I would recommend it to anybody. But what the things they did with Mahomes were just unreal, mm-hmm. absolutely unreal. So from that to that standpoint, I agree. I would probably take Kelsey because he and Mahomes, because Mahomes doesn't miss games and Kelsey doesn't miss games, they have meshed. As so much, it's ridiculous. They know where each other are. I mean, it's that look and that kind of thing that we've heard about before. He's always going to find them. He is, and, and you know, I do think if if 
if Purdy can stay healthy and he stays there and Kittle can stay healthy and he stays there, I bet they'll get there. Hmm. I do. I'll bet they'll get there. Now, I don't think Brock Purdy for a second is Patrick Mahomes. Right. But I do I don't buy into the narrative I'm of I'm not sure how good he is yet. I I'm good. I'm sure he's really good. Hmm. And he fits that that football team a great deal. At any rate, anything else out there you saw that impressed you yesterday during that? Uh no. I did when I when I first mentioned the the blue man group, I, I saw a deal of uh, Isaiah Pacheco with them um being I don't think you would call it an interview, but being able to like take pictures and stuff with the Blue Man Group and seeing Isaiah Pacheco uh, be able to kind of hang out with them. And again, it just tells you the Super Bowl, like when it comes to media day, just all the different media entities and everything and entertainment that's around there. Again, like the questions go beyond sports because it's mm-hmm. so many different groups. Oh, yeah. I remember even Tom Brady a few years ago being asked, maybe it, it might have been like the kids Sports Illustrated mm-hmm. being asked, you know, who your biggest influence was growing up and everything. It kind of goes back beyond the game and you get to just ask mm-hmm. real life questions about uh, the person's livelihood beyond just football. I mean, it's pretty cool that way, I think. So you're okay with that? Yeah, I am. Because I, I think th- how many times do we find out something just brand new just for mm-hmm. the Super Bowl media day that has nothing to do with the upcoming game and something that about their past lives that we never really knew about or what influenced them to get to that point. Yes, and as a matter of fact, I think I saw that clip you're absolutely talking about where somebody asked him that and he talked about his father. And he said, I don't really have heroes, but and which I, I liked that start to his answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he talked about his dad, which I thought was really fantastic. But I, I with you, I don't mind that. Right. I know a lot of people who do. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of purists who hate that. They uh, this is this is not about that. It's only about football, uh, and they don't want to hear anything but football. And uh, that's okay too. It's I'm not telling you you're wrong if that's what you want. I'm not that guy, but I will say I like it too. I like an insight into who someone is. I've told you before. To me, sports is fun. I like the fact there's a winner and a loser, but I'm not as interested in that as I am the people. Yeah, The people who play the game fascinate me. Their personalities fascinate me. What they go through to get where they are fascinates me. Now, I love the intricacies of football. I love it. It's why I still like watching the option. Drives people <laughs> crazy, and, and I love it. I mean, I played against it a lot because I, I played in a time when it was prevalent. Seymour, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was prevalent. No, I don't, nobody, I don't know anybody named Seymour. But it was very <laughs> prevalent. Thank you. Yeah. He at least smiled and <laughs> laughed. He got it. Not everybody gets it when I do that. Uh, uh and I and I so I really like it. I love the intricacies of football. Love it. That's why I like doing. <clears throat> that's why I'm a color announcer, mm-hmm. because I do. I mean, I'll I'll crawl down inside the minutiae of that kind of stuff, and I really enjoy it. Uh, but I also really like the personalities more than anything else. My favorite players at Tulsa, or any place I've covered, Oklahoma State when I was there, um, were not and the talents. You know, in Eugene, we're 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 good enough players. Yeah, but it's really the people. And they're, you know, Blake Smith at Union. This, I, there's not a more colorful young man. He was really good, too. Mm-hmm. He played at Colorado State, you know, and not a colorful young man yeah. I've ever been around. Spencer McElwain, who unfortunately died later on after he went to New Mexico State and it didn't turn out, but, you know, was a record-setting running back at Union. And he was just the character, I mean, the the unusual personality of that kid, mm-hmm. you know, with, that jumps out at me. Paul Smith was fantastic. At, at as a quarterback, but he was also just a personality, you know, that I really enjoyed being around. And not that he wasn't a clown or any of those kinds of things, but Paul was smart, sharp, a little flippant, 
you know, and, and you'd see the gleam in the eye, which I really enjoyed. And when I was at Oklahoma State, uh, Boogie Johnson was that way, which is a name you might not remember. You might have to look him up. But, yeah, David Thompson from Mulgee, the running back, was that way. You know, Keith Burns was on that team, the, the linebacker oh. that they brought in who was a fantastic player. Uh, Jason Gilden was on that team. And, I mean, Jason was an interesting cat. Yeah, he was a really interesting cat. He's a worker too, man. And those guys were really fun. And uh, could they play? Yeah, but they were also just great personalities, you know. And, that's the thing. We're we're gonna get to the football part of it anyway, right? You mm-hmm. know, with, with this media day, it's like that's always a guarantee. So why why not delve into something more? Yeah. And by the way, right before we take this break, uh, because we have this day in sports history coming up, followed by not sports. Got a, a text here from Gary Ann at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two that said I, she didn't know Kobe. So Kobe Keith died. She said that's so sad. Cancer sucks. Believe me, I know that. He said, I hate it. I love the song. I should have been a cowboy. May he rest in peace. And I think that might have been his number, his first number one hit. Yeah, that's what uh, my brother texted me just now and saying, Red Solo Cup and should have been a cowboy. <laughs> yes. I remember at last year's uh, Bedlam and Stillwater for basketball, him and Barry Switzer uh, being behind the OU bench yeah. for that one and seeing a video circulate late, late in later days of after that game, him at Eskimo Joe's leading some kids yep. and singing should have been a cowboy. Yep. So, I mean, yep. just even through, you know, late in his battle, yeah. uh, just, you know, still keeping high spirits, and he'd been at peace with it. So yeah. it was just really beautiful to see. You know what, I, I hadn't even seen Red, I hadn't even thought of Red Solo Cup. Thank you for yeah. bringing that one, because that was so damn fun. Mm-hmm. And if you've not done that in your life, then you're not from here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Uh, can you walk by one now, a Red Solo Cup, like in a Walmart, and not think not of good. that? <laughs> See? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> it's 6.52 on the Blitz 1170. That is uh, the Hummer in the other room is Bryce Sauce. <laughs> I am Rick Corey. He'll uh, stop humming and start talking here in a minute with this day in Sports History brought to you by Triad Eye Institute, followed by Not Sports at 7.30, Dan McChesney of Jinx, and at 8.10, Scott Hennessy of the Tulsa Drillers. We're having a good Tuesday. Hope you are, too, right here on the Blitz 1170. The Blitz 1170, your new home for Dan Patrick. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma State Cowboys are on the road tonight as they'll face one of the Big 12 newcomers, the fifth-ranked Houston Cougars. Pre-game starts at 5 with a 6 o'clock tip-off. You can listen to all of it right here on the Blitz 1170. The Oklahoma Sooners will also be hosting a Big 12 newcomer, the 21st-ranked BYU Cougars. Tip-off at the Lloyd Noble Center is at 7 o'clock. And the Oklahoma City Thunder will be in Utah tonight to take on the Jazz. Both teams are coming off of comeback victories. The Thunder being down by 23 at one point on Sunday against the Raptors before they came back and win. Tip-off tonight is at 8 o'clock. That's the one to roll of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.